Today, we're continuing our interview series for statewide office. And our guest is McHenry County Auditor Shannon Teresi, who's running for comptroller. I'm Jerry Nowicki, and this is Capital Cast. Shannon Teresi is heavily focused on fraud, waste, and abuse, citing recent indictments and lingering state debt as her reason for running. She talks with Peter Hancock and me about her plans for the office. As this is an interview regarding the state's chief fiscal officer, there are a lot of numbers involved. As we discuss some of those moving forward, I'll jump in and clarify and add a bit of context to the points we're discussing. I'll also note that you can hear our conversation with Comptroller Mendoza, in which she responds to some of the claims made in this interview, in a companion episode of Capital Cast, which you can find at the same place you're listening to this one. So without further ado, here is McHenry County Auditor Shannon Teresi. So let's see. So just if, if you'd like to just kind of start off, um, why is it that you think uh, now is the time for a change for Comptroller? Um, uh, Comptroller Mendoza would say bills are being paid and uh, Illinois is seeing cup, uh, credit upgrades. So why is it time for a Comptroller Teresi? So my name is Shannon Teresi, and I am running because Illinois is the most corrupt, the most fiscally mismanaged, highest tax, highest foreclosure rate in the nation. And I am running because I am a CPA. I am a certified fraud examiner. I'm a certified internal auditor with a proven track record and financial leadership experience the state has never had before in its history of the comptroller's position. And I am running to address corruption, fiscal mismanagement, uh, the and actually put financial information that you can rely on. Currently, Mendoza has put out financial statements that you can't even rely on. They're qualified. And this is not acceptable in business. This is not acceptable for your finances. And that's definitely not acceptable for the state of Illinois to do this. And so, Susanna Mendoza, she has given the nominating speech for Mike Madigan to become Speaker of the House. We need a tone at the top that is ethical and supports the people of Illinois so we can put more money back in the taxpayers' pockets. I'm going to jump in there and just point out that Mike Madigan is gone. Um, you know, a, a lot of the corrupt people uh, that have given Illinois the reputation that it has, uh, they're gone. They're either in prison or under federal indictment or they've long since retired. I mean, at some point, aren't you just kind of whipping a dead horse here uh, with the talk about corruption? There, as a certified fraud examiner, there hasn't been a top-down approach at addressing corruption on the state level and fraud, waste, and abuse. And I plan as the next comptroller to do a statewide initiative addressing corruption because a lot of the players, even though there has been, uh, the indictments have continued over the past few years because the issue still exists on the state level. And so as your next comptroller, I will be working with the inspector general's office and promoting the hotline statewide, tasking every taxpayer, business, vendor that works with the state government to report fraud, waste, and abuse. The largest amount of uh, corruption and fraud is found based on tips. 
And as your chief elected leader, I will be working with the General Assembly and the Inspector General's office to uh, bring about this transparency and address corruption once and for all. So what does something like that look like um, in terms of uh, what's the type of uh, statewide initiative? Is that just outreach or are you putting policies in place um, to root that out or how does it look operationally? So both. Uh, we are going to be doing, uh, working with the General Assembly to pass policies that uh, encourage ethics and uh, stop corruption and listening to why have these issues have occurred. And then also working with the public and Inspector General's office. In McHenry County, we had a fraud, waste and abuse hotline and we labeled it Be a Hero, Report Fraud, Waste and Abuse. And we uh, promoted it in the newspaper. We promoted it on our website, on the front page for many months to encourage people to re report fraud, waste, and abuse. And this could be done with the Inspector General's office. We can make it a priority that we are going to address fraud, waste, and abuse and put more money back in the taxpayers' pockets. Because that's uh, when... Illinois is one of the largest states for corruption. We need to take it seriously because money is going out. That's our money. And we need to address um, and make it a priority. And we see Mendoza is not even an accountant. She's not qualified for the role of comptroller. She uh, has just misplaced $1.6 billion of the state money and duplicated entries. And this occurred because she doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't know the difference between a balance sheet versus a bus schedule. And this is key to put an actual qualified leader in charge of the state's finances. It's like similar in a business, being a CFO of a business, uh, you need an accountant with experience. I've worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, doing big four public, uh, public accounting. And I've been the financial reporting manager at McHenry County preparing government-wide financials. What do you mean by that claim on the $1.6 billion misplaced? What, it, what is that referring to? It was in the news over the last couple weeks. Um, Mendoza was talking about, and Frerichs, the Auditor General found $1.6 billion of duplicated entries. And this is unacceptable. It's a material misstatement. It's unacceptable in government. Uh, they should be doing estimates to make sure when they are recording entries that they are correct. And uh, it's nearly impossible. If you're doing your job to misplace $1.6 billion, and it's Mendoza as a chief accountant, she should be working with every state department to do business differently and make sure we have reliable financial information flowing into the state's financial statement. So I wanted to add a little context on that $1.6 billion figure, which Teresi contends was misplaced. It comes from an Auditor General's report on the State Treasurer's Office, which found, and I quote, the office of the treasurer had inadequate internal controls over the office's fiscal officer responsibilities financial statement adjustment process, 
What it means essentially is that the sum of about $1.6 billion was entered twice into draft state reports and corrected before they were entered into the financial statements filed by the comptroller's office. So the money wasn't misplaced. You can hear Comptroller Mendoza's response to those claims in our accompanying podcast, and we also asked Treasurer Frerichs about it in the interview we published last week. Now, back to the interview. Uh, you just mentioned the uh, report. Um, we have a state auditor. Uh, we have inspectors general at every level of government. Uh, the things that you're right. talking about that you want to do seem to kind of fall in their wheelhouse. Uh, why does the comptroller need to be getting into that? That's a great question. So the comptroller is the chief elected leader in, in charge of the state's finances. They see the most transactions statewide than any elected official, and they see more financial transactions than even the inspector general's office. So they should be working directly with them, help promoting it. And as an elected leader, they have the largest microphone to address fraud, waste, and abuse and uh, to be um, addressing the fact that we are the state with the largest foreclosures, addressing that we have increased taxes by 32% and uh, trying to actually uh, work to encourage businesses to be here. This uh, comptroller's position is the second most powerful position on the state level and should be working with every state department to address corruption, do business differently, and put more money back in the taxpayers' pockets. So um, I kind of wanted to take a view of the whole state race. Um, have you endorsed Darren Bailey or has he endorsed you? I support all the Republicans. Um, similar to all my counterparts in this race, we um, have been working together as a team to um, make outreach to everyone in Illinois, because this election is key for the state to address corruption, to address the fiscal mismanagement. Pritzker right now is campaigning on the bond rating when it's, we have the worst bond rating in the nation. The state has received over 185 billion collectively to not just the state, but um, all the agencies within the state and this has bolstered the economy and they're trying to take credit for it. So we are working together as a team to dismiss that these are not financial achievements when we, comparing to our peers, have done the worst off. Yeah, they would tell you though that the budget was balanced with revenue that was already flowing into the state. They did not use uh, pandemic relief money uh, as sort of a financial bailout of the state. Are you saying that's not true? So the state received $8 billion directly and then $185 billion overall. Um, as many people know, numbers are fungible. They could be um, moved around. They uh, are using uh, coronavirus, the the a the bond money to um, address the finances. So for example, in McHenry County, we used our ARPA dollars 
for over 90 uh, projects investing into the community. We, uh, instead of just paying down, um, we actually now have no debt in McHenry County for my leader because of my leadership. So versus just paying um, down debt like the state of Illinois, we were able to invest back into the community so we could get a overall return on our investment and make McHenry County even even better place to live. And so this is what sh should have been done on the state level with the money. They put the money into the unemployment trust fund to address unemployment. And we saw in the state's finances that they don't even, uh, they can't even estimate the liabilities uh, on the state level in, in that fund. And so we need to work together to put more um, money where it actually impacts Illinoisans. And it's heartbreaking to see what they're doing. They have actually taken on more debt. The pension crisis is out of control and they have just taken on more loans and propped up one fund, the general fund, and why taking on more debt and other funds. And it's pushing the state's debt to our children. And it's heartbreaking to see this. What's the, uh, what's the basis for the $185 billion? How do how you come to that number? Yeah, that was a number that was reported in the news that the state, uh, overall Illinois, not just uh, the State Department, but overall Illinois received federal COVID dollars invested into our community. McHenry County received federal COVID dollars. And so that money flowed into our economy. And so you have to compare how Illinois did compared to other uh, states around us, other Midwest states or other states in the nation. And I really believe with proper financial management, Illinois can be the envy of every state in the nation. Before we go further, I wanted to provide some context on the $185 billion number just mentioned. From President Trump's time in office to President Biden's current term, federal lawmakers have approved trillions of dollars of nationwide federal relief and stimulus funds. Biden's American Rescue Plan Act sent $8.1 billion to Illinois for discretionary spending, and it went mostly to one-time expenses rather than starting new programs that will need funding each year. The $185 billion number Teresi cited was in reference to every penny that's been injected into Illinois' economy, from stimulus checks sent to you and me, to paycheck protection loans to businesses, to money sent directly to school boards and municipalities. So that number is really just a broad characterization of the money that was added to the state's economy. And for all intents and purposes, it did help states across the nation weather the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. So while the $8.1 billion from the American Rescue Plan Act didn't fund new spending or propagate the General Revenue Fund, Illinois' budget benefited just as much as the other 49 states due to the trillions of dollars added to the U.S. economy and other pandemic-related trends. Now we'll go back to the interview. So one of the things that sort of was facing Illinois um, that, that maybe hadn't was that other states that other states weren't facing is that uh, we're still sort of coming out of the effects of a budget impasse between Governor Rauner and Democrats in the General Assembly. Um, 
I kind of like to get your opinion on what are the lasting effects of that impasse? Uh, how is Illinois still working back from it at this time? So one of the things that Mendoza tries to campaign on is paying down the bill backlog. And in McHenry County, we pay bills in minutes. Uh, we I implemented a financial system that we now can process uh, bills electronically and get approvals electronically and either reject or approve bills in minutes. And Susanna has an old way of thinking of things. They are talking about one fund and they take still weeks, months, and years. And I've spoke with vendors. Some of them have, uh, even municipalities are very concerned still about getting paid. And so they're, overall, it takes uh, financial leadership to address the pension crisis. Um, if you open up the financial statements right now, uh, you see that the overall financial position of the state has worsened by 50 billion. So in 2016, Mendoza campaigned on uh, talking about the financial position of the state and that under Rauner, the financial position has worsened. And she said that's a key financial indicator. So we see the financial position has worsened. We are now negative 199 billion in the hole, negative. And it has gone from 126 billion negative to 199 billion since Mendoza has been in office. And that's the key financial indicator, not just talking about one fund out of 100, uh, I know as McHenry County Auditor, we have close to 100 funds as well, and we pay a lot of bills um, out of those 100 funds, so like the DCFS is paid out of a separate fund. And so we need to be focused on looking at the state's finances as a whole. So here I wanted to add some context on the state's net position. In the 2021 Comprehensive Annual Financial Report filed by the Comptroller's Office, Illinois' net position, or the state's liabilities compared to its assets, was negative $199 billion. It's the worst position of any state, and much of that's due to pension debt. Mendoza was in office for about half of fiscal year 2017, right in the middle of a two-year budget impasse under Republican Governor Bruce Rauner and Democrats in the General Assembly. During that period, the state spent billions of dollars more than it took in, and from fiscal year 2016, before Mendoza was in office, to FY 2017, the state's net position plummeted by $50 billion from $131 billion in the hole to a deficit of $182 billion. In the four full years Mendoza has been comptroller and the state has had a full operating budget, the state's net position has worsened by about $17 billion, albeit at a far slower pace than the dramatic drop that occurred amid the budget impasse. The state's general revenue fund, which is lawmakers' main discretionary spending account, improved during that span from a deficit of $14.6 billion in fiscal year 2017 to a $3.1 billion deficit in fiscal year 2021, according to the report. So numbers aren't yet available for the recently concluded fiscal year in which the state increased the balance of its rainy day fund to over $1 billion, paid down its backlog of unpaid bills, 
increased its pension payment by $500 million beyond statutory levels, and retired older interest accruing debts as well. Now, back to the interview. Uh, you mentioned uh, the, uh, the fact that McHenry County pays its bills uh, within minutes. Um, I'm guessing that McHenry County never went for two years uh, without an approved budget. Um, if an impasse like that were to come along again, uh, if we had a governor and a general assembly that could not agree on a basic spending plan, uh, how would you approach that situation? It would be a big priority is sitting down and listening to the other side. I have found in my professional career uh, that many times people have more common ground than differences. And I think it takes as a leader listening and uh, ability to compromise. Overall, both sides want what's best for Illinoisans. And as the chief uh, controller, it is the controller's job to make sure we uh, work with the General Assembly and they pass the balanced budget because the controller's office are, needs to pay the bills. And so they need to have the largest microphone amplifying the message to make sure we have a balanced budget. And not, I see this in accounting, they are not taking the pension liability and overall debt into consideration when they're preparing a budget. They're just looking at the day-to-day expenses and excluding the liabilities. We need true balanced budgeting. And that's what I'll do as the next comptroller. So going back to uh, sort of the GOP ticket as a whole, I noticed there's a lot of hesitancy among uh, GOP candidates to sort of endorse Darren Bailey. Like you, there's a lot of comments like we, we endorse the Republican Party as a whole. Um, does having Darren Bailey atop the ticket make it more challenging for you to get your message out? No. What we see is a movement on uh, with Darren Bailey's race and the Republican Party as a whole. I think taxpayers and Illinoisans see that a lot of their neighbors are leaving. A lot of their neighbors are upset with um, various things that are happening on the state level. And this is the direct result of financial leadership by Mendoza and uh, Pritzker. We, people are frustrated that we just keep seeing indictments after indictments and our taxpayer money for use for their use. And so I think there's a lot of enthusiasm and um, volunteers that are joining in with all the statewide campaigns. And uh, and so I am happy to run with Darren uh, Bailey and all the other statewide candidates. So one of the other things I had noted was um, on June 30th, your campaign fund had about $17,000. Looks like you raised about 32000 since then, um, whereas your, your counterpart, Comptroller Mendoza had a, a $1 million balance and has reported tens of thousand dollars. What are the hangups to fundraising and how does that make your uh, effort more challenging? So we uh, 
are working with our own fundraising team that we have hired on moving forward, going in this race, and there is a lot of interest. Um, as I tell my story, people, uh, the chief accountant should be an accountant, not a career politician with no leadership experience. And so we have a lot of race still left and we are working towards uh, as a team on fundraising. And uh, one of the things is Mendoza is getting union money and the unions, um, the Democrats and Mendoza have been approving where they're not funding the pensions and the unions should uh, take a pause and look at my race for comptroller because we need to make sure we're actually funding the pensions. That's part of the problem is the state's financial mess is we are kicking the can down the road. And so uh, we will be fundraising heavily and we have seen people win with less money because of my background and qualifications. Uh, it's a slam dunk for the taxpayers. So when you mentioned pensions, um couple other things we've talked about is the state's credit rating um, and uh, the uh, time it takes the comptroller to pay the bills. Um, all of that's progressed uh, in the last um, couple of years or so. And the pensions, they've, they've made a $500 million payment uh, beyond what was statutorily required this year. I think might have been the first time uh, Illinois has done that in decades. So uh, is it progress or is it, I mean, how, how can you spin that as, as something that's not progress for the state? So opening up the financial statements and even the debt section, you see the state has uh, taken on more debt and debt is liabilities, overall liabilities. And uh, you have to look at the financial position of the state as a whole and include the pension liability. So they can go on the microphone um, and say, oh, we paid off one bill. It's similar to paying off one credit card, but opening up 24, 25 more credit cards. And that's what's happening on the state level is actually, if you look at the audited financial statements that are put out, there's a qualified opinion. So you can't even rely on the state's financial statements, which means she's not doing her job, making sure we have reliable information. And number two, the state is worse off financially. And even looking at the debt section, we have taken on even more debt. And that includes liabilities, pension obligations, it's everything that we need to pay. So I find it uh, disingenuous, not fair to the taxpayers to be claiming that you're approving balanced budgets when the state is worse off financially. And as a CPA, I've prepared government-wide financial statements I've uh, audited Fortune 500 companies. I know my way around a financial statement, which my opponent uh, does not. So this is what we need to look at. When you cite the worsening position, is, is that just in reference to mainly the uh, pension liabilities and the insurance uh, liabilities for state employee insurance? It's... Um, it is in reference to that, but it's overall, it's similar to your net worth or taxpayers' net worth. It's the overall assets versus liabilities. It's the overall position. It's called net position. 
in the financial statements. Uh, that's uh, the key financial indicator to look at. And um, we have the worst bond rating in the nation. And the only reason they got increases is because of federal money. As soon as they had numbers and it's reasonably estimated and they were expecting to get it, they can start recording those entries from a financial perspective. And so that's what they did. And Moody said, we are walking off of, they, they said if without real reform, we will need to declare bankruptcy. If we hit a recession, we are not prepared to uh, navigate those waters. And so we really need financial reform. And I believe we are walking off a financial cliff based on looking at the finances. And it even says in the subsequent events, so uh, what is occurring after the financial statements closed, June 30th, 2021, it even says we're getting sued by a vendor for not paying our bills. And so that's something Mendoza is not doing press releases on is new debt that they're taking on and that they're getting sued. Uh, we should be looking at who's suing them and then also asking questions, what happened? Why did Mendoza drop the ball on the $1.6 billion as well? And the duplicated entries, that's her job, but she's not qualified as the current comptroller. She is a career politician tied to every, uh, many of the politicians that had been indicted. Like she got her career start in Danny Solis's Lord organization. He's been indicted. She got married in Ed Burke's home by Ann Burke. And Ed Burke's been indicted. And she self-proclaimed was Mike Madigan's protege. And we do not need someone in charge of our finances who is tied to all the corruption and was part of the problem that the state, she was in the General Assembly approving these uh, budgets and getting the state in this financial mess. I have a proven track record to county, getting the job done, launching criminal investigations, preparing financial statements, financial statements, or implementing financial systems that do business differently. And we were able to refund money back to the taxpayer and now have no debt. This is what's needed on the state level. One final question I think we have is uh, uh, Representative Demmer, who's running for treasurer, has proposed uh, combining the treasurer and comptroller's office into one. Um, do you think that's a good idea? And how would you implement that? So immediately when I'm comptroller, I will be looking ways to uh, share resources and do intergovernmental agreements with the treasurer's office. So even without a constitutional amendment uh, combining those offices, we can save money immediately by sharing HR, IT, pooling vehicles. Uh, I've heard the comptroller's office has uh, 10, 12 vehicles in their uh, custody and some of them are not being used constantly. They could be working with the treasurer's office to do this. And I do support it and um, what Demmer proposed because it will save money. And what we've seen is the Democrats have campaigned on this in the past and haven't gotten the job done. They are in control of the General Assembly and can merge the two offices. And as a professional and a CPA and someone who is a certified internal auditor, 
I would work with the inspector general's office and the auditor general's office and make sure it's reviewed every year uh, when we set up proper segregation of duties over those functions within a combined office. So once the offices are combined, we'll have the auditor general yearly review those responsibilities to make sure segregation of duties are occurring. And uh, previously, those two offices were combined and they were separated due to uh, fraud. And, and the reason was they couldn't at the time set up proper segregation of duties. And it was an overreaction to the situation. But we see in other states, they are combined. Well, all right, any other closing thoughts before we go? So I am running as a CPA and a certified fraud examiner to get the state's finances on the right track. And you wouldn't, if you were taking a flight to California, you would have a pilot. If you were getting surgery, you would want a surgeon. It, for your chief accountant role, your second most powerful position in the state of Illinois, it is important to have an accountant with a proven track record and financial leadership experience the state has never had before in its history. And I will bring this for the taxpayers so we can actually put more money back in our pocket and not kicking the can down the road. And as your next comptroller, I will get the state's finances on the right track, transparent and accountable to the taxpayer. Thank you. All right, we appreciate your time. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. As always, thank you for listening.